Welcome to the Local Podcast. I'm your host, Clay Berkland. My guest on this week's podcast is Larry Grant of Zoetis. Larry, I'm not going to read your resume for everyone, so I guess I'll, I'll let you tell us how you got started, how you got here, and what brings you with us today. Well, thanks, Clay, and appreciate the opportunity to be here today. Uh, I've been with Zoetis for about 15 years now. Uh, my claim to fame is I'm a wore-out cowboy, and I got very, very fortunate into getting this role with uh, Zoetis, uh, formerly Pfizer Animal Health, Pfizer Animal Genetics. But uh, I'm the strategic accounts manager for the Western United States, basically, covering everything from North and South Dakota, Northern Nebraska, Northern Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, Idaho, and then the West Coast. Now, you say you're a wore out cowboy. I'd like to touch on that just a little bit, if we could, to give uh, some parameters for our audience to familiarize themselves with you. Uh, when you say that, you're, you're not kidding. You were operating production agriculture in your youth and family still involved yep i grew up on a a ranch in western uh, nebraska that my dad ran and uh, we grew up there and uh, i've run my own backgrounding lot i've done a little order buying here and there uh, for a few different feedlots Uh, been with the branded beef program uh, formerly with the wyoming department of agriculture in their marketing division but most of my life's been in production agriculture and you can stand on the tile of an office building or the processed silage of a feedlot operation, one foot on each side, and talk talk with both people. And that's one of the things that I appreciate you and one of the, the reasons that I've had you on or that I asked you to be on. Um, I do have to add a disclaimer for everyone. Larry is a graduate of the University of Wyoming. You did graduate. Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, Should I we did. take a little bit and let you brag on the, the Cowboys football program and the, the folks they have in the playoffs? Or? No, no. We'll just uh, we'll just leave it at that and let uh, folks speak for themselves. And uh, uh, we do have a game tonight, I believe, with somebody from Fort Collins. I can't remember who it is. But uh, anyway, it should be an interesting game for the basketball team tonight. <laughs> So I think you have some exciting information you may share with me today on the direction Zoetis is taking. You bet. Uh, as you know, for the last uh, 15 years I've been doing this, we've primarily been focusing on the seed stock industry. Uh, we provide uh, genomics, uh, actual DNA testing for uh, seed stock industry to create more accurate EPDs for the selection of the proper bulls for different commercial cattlemen. And what genomic enhanced EPDs are is takes the information that's submitted by the seed stock producer, and we add the, the DNA portion of that to make the EPDs better. We've been doing this for quite a while with both Angus and Red Angus, and all of the breeds actually have genomic enhanced EPDs. But we have ventured off into the commercial side of the industry to where we feel there's a, a huge opportunity to help commercial producers make improvements in their cow herd. Uh, Last year, a year ago, May, we introduced Inherit Select. Inherit Select is a commercial female test. And it's not telling you which cattle are good or which cattle are bad. It's just simply informing you what your females are, what your cows are. Uh, There's 17 different traits that we look at. And it's one of the first commercial genomic EPD test that's become available. And it's it's very exciting because, you know, for years we've been on the seed stock side. Uh, everybody goes to a bull sale, they open up the catalog, and they just search EPDs. They know exactly what they're looking for. But yet on the cow side, we have a tendency to walk in the heifer pen, and what's the first heifer that catches our eye? The biggest, the prettiest one. Yep. 
but is she the most profitable? I mean, is she going to be the one that takes us to the next level? So now we have this test available that we can test either baby calves at birth, we can test them at preconditioning, at branding, at weaning, uh, and really give you a really good idea of what those females are doing. And then we can sit down with you and say, okay, what are your goals for those heifers? What do you want your cow herd to do? You know, do you want to just sell heavy weaning weight calves? Do you want to sell heavy yearling calves? Do you want to go into a branded program? You know, what, what do you want to do? And then we can help you select those heifers that will put you, you know, in that direction that you want to go. So to, to interrupt, that had to be quite an undertaking to build a database of information from the bull side to come back to the heifer side. Yes. We started with the American Angus Association and the Red Angus Association of America uh, in the initial databases. Uh, that is their proprietary information, though. So on the commercial side, it's really tough because not a lot of commercial cattlemen take birth weights. Very few of them take weaning weights, and hardly any of them take yearling weights. Yep. And when we go to ultrasound scans or you know actual carcass data, it gets even tougher. So it took us about five years to really you know get the data that we needed you know specifically for uh, the traits that we have to get you know it's easy to get carcass traits all we got to do is take a pen of steers take a dna sample on them they go to harvest we get the carcass data back we correlate it it's like okay here we go but when we get on the maternal side you know when we're looking at milk we're looking at growth we're looking at birth weight uh got to be pretty specific and and have some really really good partners in order to do that so we've developed those partners uh in our database we have over a million data points right now uh for the commercial side and it just keeps growing and growing every day so take me shoot side a little bit and uh walk me through the corral of how we do this because you've done a very good job of explaining it from an academic level probably but to to make it more boots on the ground how, how's this going to look for me in the corral if I try to apply this this process. So what we do is uh, when the calves are going through the chute, especially I like to do it at uh, either branding or preconditioning. That's the best time to do it because it takes about four weeks for the test to come back and for you to get your results. But we use an all-flex tissue sampler, and it's just a little ear punch. Calf's in the chute, head's held still. You just go up, punch his ear, write his ear tag number down, put it in a box, you go to the next one. The end of the day, we fill out an order form. It goes to our lab in Kalamazoo, Michigan, uh, where it's processed, and then we send the results back. You'll get a spreadsheet with 17 different traits on it, uh, everything from birth weight, Cavanese direct, weaning weight, milk, docility, all your carcass traits, uh, feed-to-gain ratios, you know, things like that. So once we get that done, then, then the fun really begins. And then I, this is the part I really, really like, because then we can sit down at the kitchen table or over the hood of your pickup or in the cabin barn or wherever and say, okay, you know, which heifers do you like the best? You know, wh- which ones do you want to move forward with? And then we go out into the pen, and then we start sorting them. And many, many times, I mean, just like we said, you know, those first heifers that catch your eye, they're not always the heifers that are going to get you down the road where you need to be, you know, the fastest. So uh, that's a part of it I really love. I love the analytical side of it. Uh, it's just uh, 
making that next generation. You're you going to have a heck of a time getting me to let go of my prettiest heifer, though. <laughs> That's well, to create some challenge. When I show you the dollar amounts and the differences that the pretty heifer is going to make versus the heifer that's going to get you there, uh, then all of a sudden we're talking dollars and cents. And it, and it shows up in, in dollar amounts that we can actually quantify. So I can literally show you, let's say we test 200 heifers. <laughs> And we take the bottom 50 off and say, okay, these heifers are actually going to cost you 100 to $150 a year to keep versus this heifer over the next eight years. So you take that $50 over eight years, all of a sudden we're talking some real money. Gets so, to be a pickup payment pretty quick. Yes, <laughs> yeah, or a new tractor or the mom's uh, kitchen rehabilitation. So You you mentioned one thing in the, in the selection process, docility uh how do you tell? Is there are there gene markers present? There or? are, there are. Uh, several years ago, I was at a, a commercial or a seed stock uh, outfit, and uh, he just weaned his heifer calves, and he says, "Jump in the side by side with me, and we're going to go grain the heifers." It's like, all right. So we went over there, and we were graining the heifers, and every once in a while, there'd be a heifer head pop up, and she'd look around, and she was very, very alert. And there were like eight or ten of them. And there was a very famous bull that was known for not very good temperament in the Angus breed. And I said, would these happen to be out of that bull? And he goes, well, yeah, how did you know? <laughs> I said, just a guess, just a wild guess. But yes, docility is genetic. There is no doubt about it. Uh, we can predict that, and it's pretty accurate. So what kind of accuracy? 60, 70, 90? So we're percent? looking at, when we, we look at the accuracy of the EPDs, much like we do with the seed stock industry. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, with a basic accuracy of a, just a genetic test, it's like uh, the the sire and the dam, their initial EPDs, plus their phenotypic information. So literally, you're getting, uh, you know, the accuracy of the EPDs you're looking at are basically a first year's production, you know, of that, of that bull, you know, it'd be 30 or 40 calves. Yeah. And with a heifer, you know, it's like anywhere from eight to 10 calves that she would have over her lifetime. So anywhere from a 0.35 to a 0.6, 0.7, depending upon the trait. I don't know how far off in the weeds a guy can go here. How, how much diversity is there in the commercial business for those traits? I mean, do you find them to be pretty typical or is it pretty broad there's a set of genes that are are fairly consistent across breeds but to make sure we have everything represented in inherit select there are eight different breeds present so we have hereford angus red angus south devon simmental galvey charlet and limousine so we got we don't have them all and we're introducing more breeds as we go you know we've got a lot of business down in the south and the southeast so we have to get some ear cattle in there and you know get them represented uh, but it just takes some time but uh, the database is is very well qualified to make predictions on all the traits across those eight breeds the next question i would have uh, you're probably going to disappoint me when i I'm going to disappoint myself, quite possibly, I guess, when when you come and and pull samples and we find out what I think I know may be 50% accurate. So how do you have that conversation with somebody? That's that's a tough conversation to have. Uh, We have that quite often. Um, The way I place it is these are the results. You know, where do you want to go with with your cows? What do you want your cow herd to do? And, you know, these are the cows or these are the heifers that are going to do it for you. However, this next cut of heifers, let's say that's the top 25%. 
that you're actually pretty well spot on. But then that next cut, that uh, 25 to 75 percent, you know, what are we going to do with them? Well, we need to breed them to different bulls. You know, we have to identify bulls that are going to fix their uh, trait problems, their holes, yeah. and move them forward. So then the bottom 25 percent or the bottom 10 percent, they're just going to go down the road. You know, we don't have time to mess with them. They're going to cost us too much money in the long run. We, they're going to be somebody else's either feeder cattle or if they're really pretty, they're probably going to be somebody else's cows. Yeah. But for us, they don't fit our program, and it just comes down to pure economics. And that's how I try to deal with it is just the science and economics of it. Try not to let emotion uh, you know, play into it. It's really tough, though, when you get results, and instead of having ear tag numbers, you have Betsy and Heidi and Sadie, you know. <laughs> a little too close to home. Yeah, right? and it's like, okay, you know, Heidi's okay, but Sadie, you know, she's going to taste really good in steaks, you know. <laughs> and we, we don't have those kind of conversations yeah. very often. Yeah. But, you know, it's you really have to take the emotion out of it and, and you know, believe in the science, uh, believe in the, the technology that we've got. And well, like any information, though, it's only good if you use it. I mean, I can Correct. have the knowledge, but if I don't apply it, I've wasted, I guess that's the probably the 500-pound girl in the room we should address next. What's it going to cost me on a per-head basis to make these decisions? So the cost is $28 a head, and for that, you get all 17 traits. You get three indexes. You get a, a total index, which covers the entire calf. And then a cow-calf index. So if you're not worried about you know carcass trait or feedlot traits, how can we make the best cow possible? Then we're going to focus on that Zoetis cow-calf index. Yeah. But if you want the end result too, what that calf's going to be worth, you know what that cow's going to be able to produce over her lifetime, then the Zoetis feedlot carcass index. You know we're going to you know look at that also. Basically, it's we take all three indexes and all the traits and make sure that we've got the best cow available you know, for our operation. Um, the nice thing about it is, is especially if, you know, especially if you're AI and first calf heifers, you know, you don't have to breed just to one bull. You know, now we can say, okay, this top 25%, we don't want to mess them up. So we're going to breed them to this bull. But this next 50%, we're going to correct these problems. You know, maybe we need, you know, less birth weight. Maybe we need more yearling weight, or we need more weaning weight, or we need more milk. Or we don't need as much milk. Or we need so more you can carcass. go through the catalog based on EPDs exactly. and say yep. Bull X is going to be the one that we're going to take home with us. And, and we also have a, a program that we call Mate Cell that we offer for anybody that tests uh, either through 50K for genomic enhanced EPDs or through Inherit Select for the commercial calves. What Mate Cell does is we take that information, we put it into the mainframe computer, and then you tell us the bulls that you want to use. We go pull their reg numbers up. We enter their EPDs, and based on the criteria you give us, say, I want my calves to do this, then we let the computer pick those bulls for you. And you tell us what bulls you want to use. We don't, we don't tell you what bulls to use. You tell us what bulls you want to use. We'll let the computer run. It takes about 24 hours. It'll spit out our first choice, our second choice, and our third choice. So now we're really target breeding these calves to make them all the same. This is pretty darn technical and you're talking to a guy who in the last month has successfully whipped uh, the difference between hdmi1 and hdmi2 in my cable input so <laughs> feeling pretty good about that but this is a, a, a big step forward for most of the folks i do business with mentally to say we're gonna 
take what we do every day and know firsthand every day blood sweat and tears and entrust my decision making to a, a black box yep walk me through that so it's it's an interesting conversation i mean we've had several of those um it's it's definitely not going to be for everybody we know that uh there's a, a specific market that you know is going to want to utilize this technology and we're here for them uh, we provide all the support that we can we've got our own technical services team that are more than willing to go over results with uh, customers at any time. Uh, of course, you know I'm just one guy out of four that's covering the United States, but we're also available, you know, to provide whatever technical assistance we can. But the biggest thing is is the the application of it. And the way I the way I like to phrase it is: Have you ever bought a bull that you really really liked, and then you got him home? And two years later or three years later, you're going, that was the worst bull we ever bought. You know, he doesn't, his daughters don't have any milk or this or that and everything else. Yep. So we're trying to avoid that problem. We're, we're trying to cut down the timeline, especially on the females, on problems we may have down the road. So your generational turnover has to improve dramatically with this because your selection criteria is enhanced by 50%? At least. At least. So we're looking at uh, normal production. You know, cow lays down, has a heifer calf. You wean that calf. You keep her. You breed her. She calves. You're two years down the road. Then you see her calf. So you're three years down the road for her first progeny. And all of a sudden you're going, oh, you know, bull X didn't have enough milk. You know, we got a problem. With a DNA test, we can test that heifer calf literally at birth or at preconditioning and by weaning we can tell you if that's the calf that you need to move forward with or you need to send down the road so literally we're taking three to four years of production out of the or the guesswork out of the production cycle to make your genetic improvement just happen that much faster i'm going to ask you a very unfair question um but i'm going to ask anyway i work largely off of statistics you know i've been doing cash flow projections with people for 27 years now. And, you know, you, you learn there are just kind of trends. Um, if somebody keeps 50, 100 for easy math, head of replacement heifers, I'm probably going to end up calving 85 of them next spring. And then they're going to fall out for some reason um, before they come back as a bred three-year-old. I would say on average my people are able to bring back 65 to 70% of what they expose as bred heifers as three-year-old females. The cost of those that fall out is really, really high, especially when you consider your bull purchases into that mix. So how much can I improve that? And I know that's not a fair question, but... Actually, it's a very fair question. Uh, last summer, we introduced fertility as one of our traits. It's one of the 17 traits that we're measuring. And how fertility is is expressed is in additional calves over the lifetime of that cow over the next eight years. So the the higher the number, the more calves you can expect out of that cow. And again, that goes back to the database and all the R and D that we've been doing, you know, over years and years of productions on on commercial cows, production cows. Yeah. And there are fertility genes in there, and we've found some. Haven't found them all, but we've found some. And it does affect the fertility of those heifers. Uh, we both know the price of keeping a, a, you know, 
keeping a heifer as a two-year-old and she has a great calf and then she falls out yep. you know it's it's expensive it, it is not cheap so the goal is to keep those cows in production as long as possible and not have that fallout so uh, fertility is just one of the, the many traits that we offer but it's one of the huge ones and i'm not saying single trait select by any stretch of the right, imagination right. but it is definitely part of the mix so back to the uh, question we touched on a little bit earlier um, you can gather all the data and, and it sounds like you can gather all the data, but then you have to apply it. So if, if I consistently apply it for how, how long do I need to be making some of these decisions based on the information you're providing before I start to see a real impact, do you believe? I think within year one, very easily. Um, you know, if you're, let's just say you're selecting for heavier weaning weights. You know, we can, we can find those heifers that are going to, you know, are going to wean off heavier calves. Uh, we can select the bulls better, and I think within one uh, one calf cycle, you know, we can improve your weaning weights. Uh, I've got a, a customer in central South Dakota that went from basically selling his calves, you know, at Harriet Livestock, 15th October every year, steer calves, you know, and walking in there and saying, you know, what do you give me for them? They're good Angus calves. Here's the bulls are out of. Uh, he has used and implemented uh, 50K technology, GeneMax Advantage, which is our, our heifer product for um, Angus commercial calves. Uh, basically does the same thing as Inherit Select in his selection process. He went in five years from selling those feeder calves to feeding his own calves, uh, going uh, 70, and what was he doing? No, he was going 100% choice and about 70% primes. And that's what he was focused on was larger yeah. carcasses and prime carcasses, you know, the, the most value he, he could get out of those. He actually made those calves so valuable he couldn't afford to sell them to anybody. He had to feed them himself, and he was making anywhere from 800 to to $1,000 a head on those calves. Capturing the dollars upstream yes. that were yep. inherent yep. in those cattle. Wow. But we've got some things coming up that we don't have to feed calves all the way out to uh, – make that happen yeah. especially for commercial cattlemen and yeah. we can talk about that next <laughs> so there's there's been changes in the industry and in our lifetime that i mean hell around baylor was huge technology when we were kids that let people expand their operations etc so how you know how long until you perceive this being impactful on uh, if i'm going to if i'm going to sell 100 head of heifers replacement heifers to somebody else do i i assume that i would hopefully add value to those heifers by testing them and putting that for them up for sale with that data tagged along with them correct yep and and that that's the beauty of it you you know when you touched on it earlier you know we've got the information now how do we use it you know and we use it to our advantage to say hey this is what these calves can do you know here's the technology behind these calves it's not just take them to sale barn and say you know here's my calves i'm using these bulls uh, we're introducing um, February 1st uh, a new program at Zoetis, and we call it Blockyard. Blockyard will be a blockchain system to where we can register calves with commercial cattlemen, both steers and heifers. Uh, we will do a one-time genetic test on those calves. And then we'll make that information available downstream to both calf buyers, heifer purchasers, feedlots, 
purveyors, packers, even end users in the restaurants if they so desire. But what we will do is we'll take a DNA sample on those calves. Um, they will be uh, identified. And then as a commercial producer, you'll be able to, one, purchase the, the inherent select results for those heifers if you want. Or you can let them go downstream as feeder calves. And the ability for other people to look at the genetics of those calves and the history behind those calves, you know, their, their animal health records, their birth records, you know, their breeding, the whole nine yards, uh, will be available for, you know, whoever wants to purchase that information. So it's pretty revolutionary in that we're tying a, a DNA test into the marketing of these calves. And once again, we're not saying, you know, some calves are better than other calves, but we're just saying, here's what these calves can do. And there's so many programs out there that different calves fit into. It's just going to really target market, you know, your calves if you were going into this program. Capture the right dollars available exactly. for your yep. calves. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, just like we're, we're target breeding uh, these heifers to a specific bull, now we're target marketing to specific programs that, you know, allows everybody to look at your calves worldwide. And, uh, you know, we're very, very excited about that. A uh, quick question. Who owns that data? If I send that in on my calves, do I, do I get to pick who gets to see that? Or Yes, you do. You do. You can, um, you can keep it for yourself. If you don't want anybody else to see it, you can keep it for yourself. Or you can open it up to where somebody else can look at it. So let's say you put, a, let's say you put 500 steer calves in there, and you've got the genetic test on them. Uh, the order buyer comes in and says, hey, this looks like a pretty good lot of calves. You know, I want to take a look at them. Well, for inherit market, which is our group data, you can go in and for a buck a head, you'll be able to look at that entire group and purchase that information. Then if you like what you see, you can lock those calves up. You can pull them off the market and work with the producer to purchase those calves if you want. Uh, if you don't like the looks of them, then they just stay on there and they go to the next buyer. We can take it one step farther, and if you really want to get down into the nitty-gritty of it, we have what we call Inherit Optimize. And what Optimize is going to do is we'll be able to look at the individual genotypes of every one of those calves and say, out of these 500, these 400 are going to be high choice or primes. These are going to be less than that, so we're going to feed them a little bit different or we're going to handle them differently. So it'll give you the ability to sort those calves. That was my next – so today – when we sell our steer calves, we've got to meet a contract of 585 pounds, so we run them down to shoot and sort them for size. End of story. If I'm hearing you right, we're going to run them by and see ear tag number six probably needs to go in the west pen, and ear tag number seven needs to go in the east pen because that one's going to feed choice, and that one maybe needs to be backgrounded and correct sell his grass cattle a year later. Yep. Definite possibility. Wow. I mean, it's, and, you know, is it going to happen at the ranch level? Is it going to happen at the feedlot level? We're not sure, you know. Uh, I personally think that you're going to see feedlots purchase those calves based on their genetic potential, and then they're going to sort them up yeah. according to their genotypes to make the most money that they can off of them also. That is a lot of information to digest in a very short period of time. <laughs> it, it's, it's pretty revolutionary. It's something that uh, 
it, it's it's kind of out there. I mean, for a lot of people, it's they're going to go, "You're crazier than hell." What do you th- <laughs> What do you guys think you're doing? But information is power, and you know, remember when we first started preconditioning calves? Crazy, and, crazy, and yeah. it just went waste you know, of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now it's the industry standard. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so now, uh, you know, with the ability to find out what those calves can do, the predictions on those calves over their lifetime, you know, for the next eight months or six months or or whatever their their lifetime may be, is going to be huge. And with with all the different marketing programs out there, people are just scrambling to find the right calves, and they're tired of making mistakes. And, you know, I can see where, you know, we're going to build specific calves for specific markets. You know, we're not going to be captive supply by any stretch of the imagination because they're all the calves are going to be sold on the open market. And that's the beauty of this whole program with the blockchain system. We're not telling you you have to sell your calves one way or another. You know, you can put them on the video market. You can turn them through the sale barn. You can private treat them. However you want to market them, it's still up to you. And it's up to you to, you know, gather up as much money as you can for those calves every year so if you are successful with this and i hope that you are and i trust you will be the more data you gather the smarter the system becomes correct it's a yep learn by volume science as i understand it from a thirty thousand foot view but very likely five years from now you'll be selling deeper into that data what your cow herd has been doing yes yep whether it's weaning weights, fertility, milkability. The, that- the, the beauty of it is, too, and we've got uh, a program called uh, SearchPoint that we provide for our customers. And what it's going to do is, especially on the Inherit Select test, every time you test something, it goes into your account on the SearchPoint. So you can compare last year's heifers to this year's heifers to three years ago heifers to five years ago heifers and see how they're progressing. And literally, the program creates a pedigree for you on every heifer calf. So once you get the, the original cow tested and the bull that it's out of, then she has a heifer calf. Then it shows her dam every time and literally creates a pedigree you know, from that cow family all the way through. So from an analytics point of view, you're going to be able to go as deep as you want. And, you know, you're going to do everything that anybody has ever wanted, you know, pro, you know, projecting genetic trends or seeing where you're going or making sure you're on the right track. Just another service that we offer. So It almost starts to sound a little science fiction-ish. <laughs> How do you <clears> – <throat> I mean, just from a working standpoint, uh, and I'm – I guess I'm uh, – run them through the shoot kind of person by by nature uh how do i identify cow a so i know she doesn't lose her identity through the years so that she retains the so i can retain value and in getting information on her are we have we taken a deeper step into that on an identification basis a couple different things uh ear tags are a must you know because we've got to have that ear tag to identify back to the the cow uh the beauty of it is if that cow loses her ear tag and we've got a DNA sample on her. Can match her back. We can match her back up. Gotcha. Uh, DNA never changes in the cow. Yep. That's that's the beauty of it. Is you know it's locked in for life. Uh, so if if cow loses her tag, take another sample. We can identify her. Of course, EIDs will be a part of this too. Uh, you know we've we've uh, implemented an EID tracing system uh, if necessary. 
Uh, so that will be part of it. But the big thing is, once you got a DNA sample on them, we, it's there for life. We've got that profile. We'll be able to identify that cow no matter what. So uh, that's that's the part that's pretty cool. Once we even if, even if she doesn't have an ear, if she does lose her ear tag, we'll be able to tell you who she is yeah. on down the road. Yeah. So this could impact the breeding selections through herds for a long time. It, it really can, uh, and that's. I'm not saying we've done a bad job of it, you know, because you look at a lot of really, really good calves. You know, you see them and I see them, you know, years and years of of good breeding. Uh, You know, can they be tweaked? Quite possibly. You know, can we keep them the same? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, But the bottom line is, you know, let's make the calves are going to fit what the industry needs. Well, I think you'd ask about any rancher out there, would you like to improve your herd 10% by a factor of 10%? I would hope the answer would be... Yeah, I would hope so too, and and I think that's I I think you know we're all guilty of it. You wean calves in the fall, and there's always ten or fifteen or twenty or fifty calves that don't get on the truck. You know why don't they get on the truck? Well, they're just they're they're late calves. You know. Yeah. Well, maybe not. You know, let's look at that mom. You know, she's weaned three calves at three hundred fifteen pounds for the past three years. Why do we keep her? Well, she keeps having a calf. Yeah, yeah, but the value of that calf is survivability not, may not be the best selection exactly. trait. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. In our part of the world, in Western South Dakota, uh, yeah, survivability is important. But you know, if that calf can't come back at you know five to six hundred pounds, uh, just think of the carrying cost of that cow right. to wean a three hundred fifty pound calf. So, well, if you're talking five percent of a three hundred cow herd's fifteen calves, if you're losing. $500 a head on, yep. on that set of calves, but, you know, incrementally, you're starting to make a difference very quickly. Very quickly. And if we can eliminate those cows from the herd, I mean, you know, eventually it's going to be really, really tough to find the bottom 10% of the cows to get rid of, you know, and then you're in a situation where your heifer calves that you're developing and the bred heifers that you could sell to somebody else are probably much, much better than a lot of people are keeping for themselves. So now we've created another market in a in a bred heifer that you know while she doesn't fit our program she's still going to be you know of tremendous value to somebody down the line one of the big dangers of what i do for a living is i do a lot of math in my head and by the math in my head the 28 dollars per head would get paid for pretty quickly being able to make a lot of those selections with better information <laughs> what, what you're going to bring back and what calves you're not going to have fallout yep we like to the way we like to position it is um while i love testing the heifers you've got right now in the replacement hen in the replacement pen, excuse me, they're already done. You're you're probably going to move forward with yep. them. So, yep. you know, uh, let's test them, find out where they're at. Uh, you're going to keep them anyway. But come next fall, when it comes time to start selecting those heifers, you know, we need if we're going to keep 100 out of heifers, we probably need to test 150 to 160. Remind me again how long it takes to do the testing. It takes about four weeks. So, in our typical western south dakota operation you're probably going to want to be pulling those samples at branding time ideally yes so that you don't yep. have to hurry and make a decision yep after you if you do if compared to pulling it at we uh excuse me to give your pre-weaning shots yeah because normally you know you do pre-weaning shots you know 30 days out yeah and you really don't want to be sitting there on sale day or when the trucks are backed up to the 
chute and sorting cattle off. You know, you, yeah. you kind of want that process done before you get right. there. Right. So yeah, I I love doing them at branding. I mean, you got to have a good crew because you got to make sure that the DNA matches up you're with accurate. the ear tag. Yep. And uh, if you get off by one collector, you're you're basically your data is, is worthless. So yeah. it's it's really really important uh, to keep track of that. So there is a bit of responsibility on the producer side too about keeping their data intact and, and accurate. Yeah, yeah. When question. when we get ready to do that, uh, we've actually got a program for this spring uh, that we're running. Uh, you do so many DNA tests, we'll give you a, an EID uh, TSU reader, a barcode reader, and then it'll also allow you to punch in the ear tag number too at the same time. Uh, we work a lot with Allflex. We can do match sets for EIDs and TSUs or even panel tags to where then you don't have to worry about it. They send you a list of tags and tissue collectors that you have, and you just make sure the tag and the, the, the tissue collector go together or the EID and the tissue collector go together. Uh, you're locked and loaded then. It's pretty easy to do. But somewhat complex. I'm assuming you didn't start on this project in mid-October of this year. Uh, no, we did <laughs> not. We, we, we've been doing this for, for quite a while. We started off blood cards and hair cards with uh, DNA samples. And through a lot of work that we've done over the years, we've graduated to tissue. And it's just, you know, simple ear punch. Uh, I mean, even if you're roping and dragging calves to the fire, uh, you're going to be able to figure out which ones you've done and which ones you haven't done. And... Uh, with the right crew, right place, you're going to make it work. So, so how much time does it add to that transaction? If a few zero zero. I mean, I've taken samples shoot side at the speed of commerce that everybody else is processing those calves. Yep. Uh, I mean, if you're giving shots, pouring everything, I mean, you've got somebody loading guns for you, somebody writing numbers down for you. It's just a boom, 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 and manpower addition. Two people, one maybe two people at yeah. most. Uh, I did a project in Kansas uh, last fall. We did uh, what do we have? Two thousand, two thousand heifers that were exposed, and we were preg checking and pulling DNA on the pregs and everything, and. We're putting in an EID, uh, taking a tissue sample, and then putting in a new ear tag. And by the time the preg checker got done, we were done. Ready for the next we one. We were ready for the next one. Yeah. Um, it works pretty fast. Once you get onto it, uh, you can go pretty fast. I'll just be real honest with you. You're going to mess up a tissue collector. I've, yeah. I've, everybody does it. It's no big deal. You just throw them away. We provide those free of charge. So yeah. it's all part of the, the program. And uh, uh, given the right day, and if I'm around, I can even come out and show you how to do it for the first hundred head or so. <laughs> how many beers does that take to there for that? Depends if we're Brandon and you got pie, it'd probably be a whole lot better idea. Pretty, pretty easy. It'd be pretty pie. easy, yep. <laughs> uh, we have thrown a lot of information out here in the last oh, 40-ish minutes, Larry. Uh, I would like to move on to a different topic here. Is there anything else you'd like to touch on nope. this area? You think we've, we've covered I, I, that yeah. well enough? You know, if anybody's got any questions or anything, you know, they can get a hold of you. You can get a hold yep. of me. Yep. We can Absolutely. definitely get them in touch with everybody and uh, uh, love to talk to people about it. My guest today is Larry Grand with Zoetis. We've been talking fairly extensively about a new product they're bringing to the market. But, uh, Larry, you mentioned earlier in our conversation something that uh, I think it intimidates a lot of us, myself included, when people discuss blockchain. Uh, you talked about bringing block yard to the table. Um, and I I fear any time we discuss technology, uh, half the people turn, tune out because it's lack of familiarity and they're 
they haven't had the opportunity to, to learn about it yet. Uh, so I hope we can provide a little bit of opportunity just to familiarize people with blockchain so it's not such a scary monster in the corner of the room. Uh, can you make that dusty cowboy information let, for me? Let me let me try. Hopefully I can. So IBM developed this blockchain system to where you can take information on a product, no matter what the product is, and store that information and then have that information available downstream to different people that would be interested in that information. And that information comes in blocks. Yes, it Hence comes the in name blocks. Blockchain. blockchain. Yep. yep. And it's it's locked together, so there's a chain in there to keep it together at all times. So how it works, you know, with cattle is let's just say you have a set of steers and you put them in our blockyard. You can register them. A blockyard, uh, to be clear, is a specific product. Yeah, it's our specific yep. Zoetis product yep. uh, we're introducing uh, as of February 1. So with Blockyard, you can register your calves free of charge, uh, put their birth dates in, put their vaccines in, any animal health events that they've had, things of that nature. That creates that calf in the system. So he's in there individually and within his group group, so that they stay together. Then anybody that wants to look at that downstream, whether it's an order buyer or a feedlot or a packer or whoever, they can access that information for a fee. Uh, We're taking it one step farther in that if you want to enroll your calves into Blockyard then, we take a DNA sample, we put an EID in their ear, we run the sample, and then we make those predictions, those genotypes, available for somebody downstream to look at those calves. So literally, we're, we're taking a lot of the guesswork out of providing information on those calves, both on an individual basis and a group basis. So as a cattle buyer, I can go out, log into Blockyard, I could set my selection criteria for calves born through this window with this vaccine protocol and the calves that fit that criteria populate to me and say at the next sale here's the ones you look for correct yep um we don't we we try to match up buyers and sellers you know we don't get into the the transaction part of it right uh that's totally up to them but yeah we provide that information you know on a very accessible basis uh you just create your own block yard account uh, you can go in, you can look at the cattle that are available. Uh, uh, if you want to buy the predictions, you sure can. Uh, take a look at what those cattle can do that fits your criteria. You move forward. If not, you move to the next set. So um, it's not revolutionary, but we've kind of made it revolutionary with the genotyping in that the predictions go with the calf and they're locked all the way through the production cycle. I'm probably going to get you and I both in trouble talking about territory we're not totally familiar with, but I think blockchain is often married to Bitcoin. People think they're one and the same, and they are not. That that is inaccurate data. So true. I, th- I think there's a perception that Bitcoin is gambling, and it certainly may be. I'm not endorsing either staying away from or running to Bitcoin, but blockchain exists and allows Bitcoin to exist. Bitcoin is very dependent on blockchain to be f- usable around the world, as, as I understand it. I, I think you're right, and I, I agree. I am not a 
Bitcoin person. I I've seen the word and I kind of understand it, but with blockchain, it's just just transfer of information and secure transfer of information. Secure transfer of it. Yep. Nobody can. I mean, you have to have an account to log on to look at it, Uh, and as a producer, you can decide who looks at it. You know, if you don't want it out there for the world to see, then you don't allow it. But if you want people to look at your calves, you sure can. So I can manage my own data and say, yes. I'm, I'm going to use this information for my purposes and no Nobody one else, else can look at it. Yep. Or yep. if I'm trying to sell pen A, I can release pen A yes. of that data and say, that's correct. Here, here's the information on these and you can do with this as you will. That's correct. Yes. Once again, we're stepping into technology that's uh, a long ways from what it was in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of my first computer class in Laramie back in a long time ago, <laughs> it was a uh, green screen IBM that you had to boot up with a floppy drive. And so from from my perspective, going from that computer to the information I can get on my iPhone now and the information we can provide you know, with Blockyard and blockchain systems like this and DNA is is, is is it's crazy. I mean, you know, in the past, you know, 30 years where we've come from, where we're going, and where we're going to be in the next 25 30 years. So, um, it's it's pretty exciting. It's it's kind of crazy. It's a little scary, but it's going to be a good ride. The adaptation of technology to production agriculture and specifically in our world really a uh, cow calf production uh, I think a lot of a lot of folks would say, "Ah, we don't do that. We don't but they don't realize the depth that they are are already, excuse me, hard yep. words, that they're already involved in technology. Uh, you know, you go to Belfouche, St. Ange, Faith Livestock, and they're being webcast yep. around the world yep. simultaneous with the sale. So uh, somebody in West Texas can see what your calves are weighing that day when you hit the sale barn. Yep. <laughs> Just a lot of information out there every day anyway. Um, it, it helps enhance the decisions folks make, uh, speeds up the decision people are, are able to make. And I think maybe everything you guys are doing here is just the next step in, in that speed and the accuracy of the decisions folks are making. We hope so, especially when it comes to the accuracy part of it. Uh, you know, it's, we used to say, you know, ranching is a way of life. And it is. There is absolutely no doubt about it. But if it isn't profitable, we're not going to be around very long. So we have to increase profitability of our operation to make sure that, number one, we maintain our business, but if so desired, we maintain it for the next generation too. And how do we set them up to where you know we can in- increase that profitability? And I know it's a big buzzword right now, but we're also talking about sustainability. Yep. And uh, you know how big is our carbon footprint? You know if we can run you know, less cows and, and produce more beef efficiencies, efficiencies and whatnot, then, you know, we lessen our carbon footprint. And we don't think about that much out here. Uh, you get to Denver, you get to Chicago, you get to LA. Yeah, it's a whole lot different cat. But, uh, uh, you know, we're just just trying to do the best we can with what we got and uh, make it work for everybody. You know, again, I stray, I have the attention span of a squirrel and that's on display here. But Back in the old days, when I got into banking, uh, you know, we had ratios that we decided, made decisions on, et cetera. And I'm hearing coming down the pike at us very likely is uh, 
environmental risk analysis of the ranching operations we're on, or if you know if your feedlot, obviously your profile for environmental risk is higher than a cow calf producer. Um, I, I, as I understand it, that could all be part of your blockchain information that's out there. Is what your carbon footprint has become. Uh, I know that's thinking quite a ways ahead and pretty deeply, but. 20 years ago, what we're talking about today wasn't even feasible, and, and here we are. So. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's transfer information. And, you know, if if, uh, if somebody decides to put that on there, you know, and make it available, then it's a definite possibility. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we talk about uh, just feed efficiency of calves in the feedlot, you know, a feed-to-gain ratio of calves that are going to eat more faster and, and finish faster, uh, you know, what does that do for, you know, our carbon footprint in a in a feedlot? You know, less days on feed, uh, more efficiency in calves. I mean, it's just you're right. It's who knows where it's going to end up. I mean, it's it's hard to say, but uh, we're getting there. Larry was kind enough to drop in on his way to the NCBA convention in Texas. Here, um, I feel like if I had you back a year from now, our conversation is going to be. Overall, the same, but probably with quite a few tweaks as we gather more information and enhance and adopt with new technologies, many of which Zoetis is providing, a, a cutting-edge stuff that I, we've been fortunate enough to, to maybe get to peek at before anyone else. Uh, Larry, thank you for, for being with us today. Well, thanks, Clay. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about what we're doing, but you know, the interaction with our customers is, is huge, and you know, we've always made the statement, you know, if our customers don't stay in business, we don't stay in business. So anything that we can do to, to increase their profitability and, and help them sustain, you know, their their operation, you know, we're all about. So appreciate the opportunity again. I hope I've been able to drag a little bit of Larry's personality out uh, through our conversation today. And when he says he will come help you, uh, I can tell you he means it. It might cost you a piece of pie, but if you do want to explore some of these technologies, uh, through myself or directly contacting Larry, if you're lucky enough to know him already, I know that we can we can make that happen. So Larry, yes, appreciate can. your time today. All right, thanks, Clay. Pioneer Bank and Trust, member FDIC.